أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد by the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have gathered to speak about a great value of our civilization. When I say our civilization, I don't just mean the Muslims in DuPage County or in America, even though we feel like we're the special snowflake of God's creation, but really we're not. Rather, what's special about us is our connection to this civilization, which doesn't just start with the immigration of people to United States or the accepting of Islam of people in the United States or even whatever countries they came from or even the Aslaf, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum or even the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam or even Sayyidina Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. The beginning of it starts with where it's going to return to which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And knowledge itself is one of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is the one who possesses knowledge. And knowledge is one of his eternal and uncreated attributes. And in appreciating just that one point, a person should understand something about its depth, that it's beyond whatever pep talk you received from your parents or from your guidance counselor in high school. People say, learn, it will give you a bright future. What do they mean by that? You'll make money, you'll get a job. Allah Ta'ala gives, mashallah, provision to all of His creation. The donkeys they eat, the dogs they eat, the cats they eat, the insects they eat, snakes they eat. Allah Ta'ala gives to everybody. This has far less connection with, the, with, the, with, 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 with knowledge than what we're talking about and the reason that we have this, this gathering. The reason for this gathering is what? is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it a commandment to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then afterward to the rest of the ummah that you will take this knowledge, you will imbibe this knowledge and through this knowledge you will enlighten your life in this world and in the hereafter. And the dhikr of this knowledge itself, just mentioning it between one another, itself is a source of barakah. It's a, itself a source of blessings. And this is not pie in the sky in July. This is in fact the reason that we're here. Mashallah, I see there's brothers here from Cleveland. Mashallah, LeBron may come and go and LeBron may leave you. Allah Ta'ala will never leave you, inshallah. <laughs> so put your hopes in, put your hopes in, 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 in the one who will be with you forever. It's, it's sad but true. You know, there are people literally, their hearts break because of these things. We learn our lessons, some of us the easy way, some of us the hard way. Whoever learns is fortunate, whoever doesn't learn is an, an unfortunate person. But this, this knowledge is what, it's what makes a person's dunya and their akhirah enlightened and brightened and radiant. This is, again, not pie in the sky in July. It's the reason that we're all here. There are so many things we take for granted that we have because of the barakah of this knowledge that, uh, uh, that not only Muslims enjoy, people of other faiths, whoever they are, they enjoy and they, 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 they reap the blessings of these things. I mean, so many things... It's not what the bayan is about, but just to give like an example, even the GPS itself that, that many people used in order to come here. The trigonometry that, 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 that the GPS needs to have in order to be oriented properly, in order to make calculations of distances, because not every movement is in a straight line. That in and of itself, much of it was developed by what? It was developed by Muslims who are uh, making ijtihad into how to find the qibla properly. So they used to make maps, old maps of the world in which, uh, in which like the maps, that, they don't look like the maps that we have over here. Rather, the placement of cities on the map have to do with like the cosine of the angle from, from, from zero uh, uh, toward the Qibla. So it's like a weird, it's a strange map. Only a person who cares about the Qibla will be able to uh, find out what those things are. Whoever studies mathematics and science later on will know that trigonometry has to do with far more than just triangles. Um, literally, these are like the, 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 the fundamental like plans on which the entire universe is, is based. Mathematics, physics, chemistry, all of these things, they, they pervade into them. And where did we receive, what was, our, what was our, our, the doorway that, that we were given in order to enter into this knowledge? Allah. 
It was Iqra. Because if a person, right, what's the say, all the hufaz, mashallah, that dread, like the beginning of the second juz, because the ayahs are very similar to one another. If it wasn't for Allah Ta'ala saying, al-haram, you, This is an entire bab of knowledge would be missing, not just from the Muslims, but from all of mankind. Uh, and the, the number of examples like this are what? They're innumerable. They're innumerable. Because knowledge doesn't have a faith, if we learn something or we figure something out, the next person will benefit from it as well in this dunya. We hope that the next person will benefit from it as well in the akhirah as well. That was the hope of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And some people receive tawfiq, some people don't. But when we say that civilization is bigger than just us, it starts in this world, but it doesn't end. You will see manifestations of what you learn from this knowledge on the other side. The ayat of the Quran, you'll see what they mean on the other side. You'll remember the ayat of the Quran. What do they mean when you enter your grave? And you'll say, "Oh, this is what this means. I never understood it during my life." And when you're resurrected, you'll say, oh, this is what it means. I didn't understand it while I was in my grave. And then you'll say, this is what this means when people are being judged. The people who are being burned in the fire will understand something about the Quran they didn't understand in this world. The people who are in their maqamat, according to their maqam in Jannah, will understand something about the Quran that they didn't understand in this world. This is part of our aqidah, and I don't want to, again, move too far off of the, uh, the, the, the topic that's given to me. The topic that was given to me, and I didn't choose it, I actually tried to avoid it, uh, is Imam Google versus the Mufti. So, spoiler alert, Google is not really an Imam. <laughs> Google is not really an Imam. And what is a Mufti? The Mufti is a Mukhbir. He's a person who informs you. Fatwa is what? It's a, an, a, an answer to a question. And... In the vocabulary of the sacred law of Islam, the mufti is the person who informs you when you have a question of what, does, what is the hukam of Allah Ta'ala, what is the commandment of Allah Ta'ala in a particular situation. The mufti is the one who answers on behalf of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, which is a very daunting, it's a very daunting uh, responsibility. This is why if a mufti knows what he's uh, doing, uh, he will oftentimes quote somebody else. He'll say, so-and-so says this, so-and-so says this, so that the responsibility falls on that person's shoulders. And then at the end of their, at the end of their fatwa, they'll write what? Wallahu a'lam. Allah Ta'ala knows best. So, which is what? Which is one of the basic, one of the basic understandings with regards to knowledge of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that we, we what? We vouchsafe that the knowledge comes from Allah and it resides with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And we know nothing of it except for what He gives us. And so if you want to see the truth, where does it start from, where does it end? It ends with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You'll never go wrong with that. But the mufti still at the same time has, carries a responsibility. It's like a person wants to open a business. And they want to know is the business legal or not. What do they do? If they're smart, they'll hire a lawyer. And the lawyer will tell them, say, I want to open, you know, and don't do this. But like, I want to open like a smoke shop and sell vapes or whatever. Does Villa Park allow that or not? Does Wheaton allow that or not? Are there any special taxes that are associated with, etc.? Why? Because you don't want to run afoul of the system. If your shop is running, the cops come in, seize all of your stuff, shut your business down. This is bad news. You may not recover from that. So you want to do things the right way the first time. This is another thing that's, again, not neatly within the topic that I've been given. But doing things the right way the first time is really a wonderful thing that shouldn't be underestimated. It's also part of our tradition. So what happens that you go and ask the lawyer what you know, what does the city code say so that you don't get shut down, you don't run afoul of the system. This is what, what a mufti is in the most primary sense of, uh, uh, of the meaning of the word. Mufti is not something that, you know, you do by spending a number of extra years in madrasa. Mufti is not, uh, you know, something that like, you know, the like Desi people tack on their names, whereas Arabs like to call themselves sheikh and then the, you know, Desi say mufti. That's not what it is, right? And ifta is what? It's a, it's a branch of ijtihad. It's a branch of legal reasoning, that understanding the sharia from its, uh, uh, from its bottom to its top, from the most granular of its details to the most universal of its principles. That's what a mufti is. And if a person is a properly trained mufti, that person is a mujtahid, although because one of the values of our civilizations is, civilization is tawadu', it's, it's humility. مَنْ تَوَاضَ عَلِ اللَّهِ رَفَعَهُ اللَّهِ The one who is humble for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala will, will raise them. Why? Because spiritual, the spiritual reality, that is also something that, that we live. 
physical reality is a reality we live. The spiritual reality, we also live that as well. In the physical reality, the more strong and tough and like pompous and, and, and you know, built up and puffed up and pumped up, hands in front, you know, you're pumped up, the more powerful you are. The spiritual reality is what? The spiritual reality is that, you know, if you punch your fist in the wind, you're not going to injure the wind at all. The more humble a person is, the more completely like invincible they are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the humble. And Allah ta'ala, whoever portrays themselves as a tough guy, that's a challenge. And it's not a difficult challenge for him. So the idea is what? Because of that, you won't have somebody who reaches that level of learning. Go and say, I'm mujtahid. I, I don't need to follow the imams anymore. Because I've read all of the books of hadith. I know the Quran inside out. I've read all the books of tafsir. I know, i memorized the books of, of Arabic grammar, etc. No one's going to say that. No one's going to say that. If they learned anything from all of their studies, they're not going to say that because they know they're setting themselves up for being destroyed. But there are still people like that. There are people like that in the ummah of the Prophet ﷺ. Strangely enough, there are actually a couple of people like that in, in, even in the United States. There are people like that. You ask them a question of whatever, they'll tell you the answer from memory. That's what a mufti is. And in order to be a person of ijtihad, of worthy of, of, of exercising independent legal reasoning, a person has to study the ulum from the beginning to the end. And no one can know everything in details. In terms of details, nobody can know everything. However, in terms of a, 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 an overview of the different sciences of the sharia, there are people who are acquainted with all of the different abwab, all of the different, uh, uh, all of the different, you could say, chapters of ilm. If ilm is like a has a table of contents, when we say so and so is a scholar, when we say so and so is an alim, what do we mean by that? The most basic meaning of it is what is that that person is at least acquainted with all of the different, all of the different uh, issues and topics of the Sharia, right? So you have to know something about the Quran. You have to, in its subsidiary sciences, you have to know something about the Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and its subsidiary sciences, which books you'll find what in, etc. You have to know something about fiqh, the way it works, the way, it, you know, the mechanics of it are, the principles on which it's based. You have to know something about the rulings that, that, that come out of it. You have to know something about spirituality. You have to know something about aqidah, about creed and, 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 and uh, uh, the, the, the iman of a of a believer, you have to know something about all of these things. If a person is familiar with all of these things, we'll say so-and-so is a scholar. A scholar means what? It's like a general practitioner, right? A doctor, there's a person who goes to medical school and they're a general practitioner. They may not be a specialist in anything, but what happens when you first enter into the hospital, they're the ones who will look at you and sh say, you know, is this something that I can treat right now and get done with? Or is this something I need to send you to a, a specialist? And which specialist do I need to? Uh, uh, send you to with regards to this uh, whatever sickness that you have and sometimes a person may have a rash on the skin and you don't want to send them to the dermatologist why because the rash is a symptom of something's wrong in their liver the doctor because he's familiar with the entire you know he has a overview the general practitioner of, of of the entire whatever science of modern medicine he'll know enough to be able to put those two and two together and send you to the place that you need to go and so how is it that these, uh, that these knowledges, you know, these branches of knowledge have been communicated? They've been communicated through an institution in the deen that, that, that we call the mutun. Okay? So matan, if you're going to translate it, someone may translate the book matan as like a book, or the word matan as like a book or a text. But there are certain attributes of it that make it different than a regular text or different than a regular book. So if you want to learn, for example, Arabic grammar, if you're learning in Mauritania, right, they'll make you memorize Ajrumiya or one of the versifications of it. If you're learning the Nahu in the subcontinent, you know, they'll give you whatever the Nahumir or, or, or they'll give you a, a matan, they'll give you a matan in that, in that uh, in that science, right? If you're doing Hanafi fiqh, they'll give you Nurul Idah. If you're doing Maliki fiqh, they'll give you the first matan they'll give you is whatever the muqaddama of Akhdari, etc., etc. And the different madahib is different. If they're giving you, if you're reading uh, Aqidah, they'll give you the Aqidah Tahawiyah, or they'll give you, uh, uh, you know, uh, they'll give you some other text in in Aqidah. If you're reading Tasawwuf, they'll give you a text in Tasawwuf. If you're reading whatever you're, you know, whatever science you're reading, right? If you're going to start reading the uh, uh, the knowledge of Hadith, 
not hadith itself, but the knowledge of hadith, the ilm, the usul of hadith, the principles that, that, that underpin the uh, science of hadith. They'll give you uh, 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 something like the, the manvuma uh, bayquniya, which is what? Which is, serves for that science as a roadmap. So for example, when you have a map of the world, if I were to put up a map of the world onto the screen, you'll see the shapes of the continents, okay? Are you going to be able to tell where, uh, you know, main stop in Lombard is going to be? <laughs> I want a burger. I want to go to main stop. Let's go look at the map. No. The granularity, the resolution, the amount of detail, it's not there. What is that, what is that matan? It's an overview of, it's an authoritative overview of that science. What does this teach you? This teaches you that the matan itself, because and then the mutun they have different they have different levels, right? Every science you start with a matan and then you go through, you go through, uh, uh, you know, you go through a, 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 a similar progression in those mutun uh, in every single science. So the idea is the first matan you read is your introduction to the to the science. The second matan you'll read will have more details, right? So the issues that are that are discussed in that branch of knowledge there'll be more detail of, t details about what those issues are then you'll move to a next level where they'll mention start mentioning differences of opinion because a lot of things in the deen have differences of opinion in them right so they'll say this imam says that this detail is like this this imam says this detail is like that then the next level of uh, the next level of uh, uh, matan is what is it mentions the differences of opinion and it mentions the proofs and then the next level is it will, it will literally go through the entire argument between, like the last level of books, this is why you have like the master books of every subject. They're these huge books that are, uh, that are completely like spread out in, in 10 volumes, 15 volumes, 20 volumes, 30 volumes, is what? They will give you the entire uh, 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 debate between the different scholars with regards to their opinions uh, and what their rebuttals are to each other, what proofs they give to each other, in a, a, a remarkable amount of detail. Now, the issue is this, is that because we are people who are untrained philosophically, and we are given essentially a philosophical training of materialism, so the gut reaction of every one of us is to say, what? More is better. Let's just crack open the 20-volume uh, book, and we'll just, you know, bypass the silly children stuff because I'm a sophisticated person. Spiritually untrained, philosophically untrained. I'm a sophisticated person. First of all, at one time in the past, someone would have done that and gone astray. Why? Because they read the entire thing. And it's like, it's like memorizing, you know, trying to understand something about geography by memorizing like all the street names in Lombard first. And then I'm going to move to Villa Park. How are you ever going to know what Germany is? How are you ever going to know what Austria, Austria is? How are you ever going to know, you know, which, you know, how, how are you ever going to know about Delhi and, and Baghdad and, and uh, Dimashq and uh, Qahira? And where you, how are you ever going to find your way to Mecca and Medina? You know, you know, there's, so many, uh, there's so many things you'll miss. If you missed, if you missed Mecca, Mecca Mukarramah, Medina Munawara, you, like, you missed everything. In the old days, the people used to have, at least, there were some people who were crazy, and they would, through doing this, they would still reach misguidance, but they would at least have the patience enough to read the book from the beginning to the end. If you're reading Facebook posts and Twitter posts, your patience is gone. It's shot. Dr. Saab will tell you about how that's actually like a physiological reality. I remember Twitter uh, upgraded like recently from 140 characters to 280. Our mashaykh didn't know what any of these things were. They were good people. But mashallah, Allah Ta'ala sends, you know, he, he sends, sends the, the qawm, the leadership that they, that they want. It's kind of like Batman, you know, Gotham is not getting the hero they uh, need, but the hero they deserve, right? So what is it? If, if someone's going to minister to this qawm, they also have to be... Acquainted with its sicknesses, so I'm myself like admitting like it's kind of like some sort of like ilmi AA meeting that I'm Hamza and I have a problem, okay? And so you say, hi Hamza, you know, you're safe here, you can admit, you know, we're not going to judge you. Okay, I'm going to tell my problem. Twitter switched from 140 characters to 280. And I'm looking at the tweets, I'm like, how am I going to read all of this? What do you, I mean, so... This was, people used to do this in the old days. This was a wrong way of going about uh, uh, understanding uh, uh, knowledge. 
they used to do these things and it would confuse the heck out of them and they would be mired in details and granularity and they wouldn't see the bigger picture. They wouldn't see the bigger picture. And it's so funny, it's so funny. So many times in my life, so many times, there are people, many of these people nowadays are considered like heroes of the Muslims, they're great defenders of the deen against whatever modernism and this ism and that ism. So what, what do they do? They'll say, you know, the old books, they don't have any solution to our problems, you know. I think you just admitted to me five minutes ago, you don't even know how to read classical Arabic. You couldn't even admit that. I said, do you know how to read classical Arabic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, which books in, in such and such subject did you read? No, 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 I mean, I can read it, like as in I can read the Quran, I don't understand it. Okay, so you just, you can't read it. And those same people, those same people, they're the ones who say, you know, uh, uh, look at these old-fashioned, uh, 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 look at all these old-fashioned scholars and traditional type people. They teach the kids to memorize the Quran, but they don't teach them to understand it. I say, you know what, if you go to any madrasa in the world, from the Sharq to the Gharb, if you go from Morocco all the way to Indonesia and everything in the middle, including Pakistan and India, because I know that's what everyone likes to pick on, mashallah. <laughs> If you come before your balagh, if you come before your uh, 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 considered morally responsible in our sacred law, what do they tell you to do? They tell you to memorize the Qur'an. Why? Because you could literally go, I mean, you're morally not responsible for anything under our sacred law at that point. So do that thing that's going to help you, uh, that's going to help you later on. The Qur'an is like this vehicle and source of barakah for a person. It's completely otherworldly in its usage. Why? Because even if you don't understand a lick of what's inside of the Qur'an, your understanding of the Qur'an is no, not, not helping you yet. Read the entire thing, then you can understand it later. You're, it's like you're setting somebody up. You know, it's like opening a college fund for a kid when they're uh, in middle school. And you're like, well, this kid doesn't have to go to college yet. Why are you wasting money on his college fund? Buy more pencils for middle school. No, I mean, he's, what are you going to tell a child about like this complex realities of, you know, wahi? When they're, when they're uh, you, know, uh, you know, that's the time they play PlayStation and baseball and things like that. What are you going to do anyway? So tell them, memorize it. Your memory is spry, it's sharp, um, and, and the Quran will be with you, uh, you know, a benefit in its spiritual realities. And you're not even in a position to understand what's there anyway. If you, and so those, well, look, these people, you know, these backwards people, all they do, memorization, rote memorization. And it's funny how they jump from like A to, a to B. And it's like actually jumping from A to like, you know, some other language. Which is what? Because they make the children memorize the Quran. This is why our entire civilization is backwards and we were colonized. Because, you know, they don't teach anyone to understand anything. Okay, go to any of those madars after your balagh. I went to madrasa, I went to, I went to the mashayikh, did any one of them. Did any one of them tell me to memorize the Qur'an? Absolutely not. I even asked. They're like, no, you're an adult. You're legally responsible. You need to learn what your responsibilities are in the deen. Once you learn your fardain, then afterward you can go and, 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 and memorize on your own time. You need to, this is the time in your life you need to understand. And so what happens? What happens? These same people, you know, they say like, oh, uh, 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 you know, modern times have different, uh, you know, needs. And um, the reason I didn't read any of the classical books is because the issues we have to deal with nowadays, they're not in the, the old books. So you just admitted to me five minutes ago you don't know how to even read. <laughs> if you knew how to read, then I would ask you, did you read any of the books? And the answer would be no. So how can you tell me what's there, what's not there? This is not an Islamic thing. This is just like you having a brain thing. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm telling you this institution of mutun is what? It is how to take a person who has zero knowledge. And by the way, not all the ulama were, are like genius people. Many of them are just regular people like you and me. Regular level of, uh, uh, level of like memory. Not everyone is like, oh, look for photographic memory. I can read back, wrote verbatim like what I read 40 years ago. And most of them are regular people like you and me. Most of them are what? They're even subpar intelligence, many of them are. Why? What's the hikmah in that? If you're going to be the imam in your village, if you send some Imam Ghazali level guy to that village, he is going to drive everyone insane. He is going to drive them away from the deen. They will literally leave Islam because of that person. Because he doesn't understand them and they don't understand him. What's the point of that? The system of mutun was developed what? 
so that you can universally disperse this, this, this knowledge. Anyone who comes to the door, no matter how smart they are, no matter how, how, you know, how less smart they are, because if I say stupid, my mother will probably hear the live stream and smack me when she sees me. Right? No matter how smart or less smart they are, what is it? Everybody will benefit from it. Because you'll see, okay, this is the world, five continents, one, two, three, four, five. That's your first method and you understood it now. Then later on, years later, when you go through like this hyper-complicated, uh, hyper-complicated arguments that people are, don't have the tools to understand. I mean, you can read the book, but uh, uh, you don't understand how the pieces of the puzzle fit together because you don't see the big, bigger picture. Now you have a context in which you can see the bigger picture. If you weren't able to master the, the highest level of, of mutun, you have at least mastered the basic level. If you cannot be like the, you know, $500,000 an hour neurosurgeon, you can at least be the, uh, uh, the general practitioner who sees, okay, this person has like strep throat here, take uh, this antibiotic and like, you know, oh, I'm taking the other one too. Okay, this one will get, a, they'll have an allergic reaction. So use antibiotic C instead of B on top of the A that they're taking. These simple things a person can sort out for other people and for themselves in the deen as well, because the knowledge is not only for the scholars. The mutun, like if you have seven books in a, in a, in a curriculum to understand a science, the first three of them, there's no reason everyone shouldn't read them. This is an institution. And where did it come from? And it's so funny, people are like, oh, you know, I'm a Muslim. I'm not a, don't say Hanafi, don't say Shafi'i to me, don't say this book, that book. Why can't you just tell people from the Quran? Why can't you just tell people from the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? Okay, come, come like the old days. You want to you wanna be on the manhaj of the Salaf? Of the, of the pious predecessors? Then do like them. Be, you know, forget about getting married, forget about getting a job. There are people in the Ummah like this. If you have the himmah to do it, wonderful. I'm not saying, not, I'm not even mocking it. I'm saying, mashallah, what a high maqam those people have. They exist still, right? If you want to do it that way, do it that way. Be like Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that you miss, miss meals and you writhe on the floor out of hunger because all you're doing is spending your time memorizing and, and, and you know, taking the dars of the Quran and the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu one after the other after the other uh, with so much intensity and focus that you don't have time even to uh, see where your next meal is going to be from. Go ahead and do it. Oh, you're not going to do it? Okay, back to the mutun, which is what? It's a solution to this problem that there's this huge, huge tradition. If it only encompassed this world, it would be overwhelming, but it encompasses the akhirah, in front of which this world is not even a drop in the ocean. And you now have to communicate it from one person to the other. So what did the ulama do? They sat together and they said, how are we going to take this to everybody? So nowadays, what, who does that type of stuff? Marketing people do that. PR, propaganda. PR, propaganda, they're like, you know, one's a nice way of saying it and the other way is like impolite. But it's, it's essentially the same thing, right? Um, you should read about that, by the way. Mashallah, maybe Dr. Salim can mention about the, the whole, uh, you know, PR is a euphemism for basically using like a Freudian understanding of, of, of psychoanalytics in order to manipulate people into doing stuff that you want them to do, mostly based on fear and ignorance, right? But, uh, uh, and that has a little bit to do with what we're, gonna, what we're talking about as well. But the idea is what? is that the ulama, they sat together and said, how are we going to disperse all this information? There's an entire ummah. And if you don't teach them, they're just as ignorant as the next man. There are people in this world who do the most ignorant of things. There are people who sexually abuse their own uh, uh, relatives. You think that doesn't happen in the Muslim ummah? There are people in this world that rich people are stealing from the poor. You think that doesn't happen in this ummah? There are people in this world, they'll go decades without reading, praying a salat. You think that doesn't happen with people who, if you ask them, they'll say they're Muslims? All of the above happens. Why? Because we're human beings like other people are as well. The solutions are there. If we don't imp implement them, our people are just as crazy as other people are. Depending on like where and when, some of them are even more crazy, mashallah. <laughs> this is one of the hikmah. Allah Ta'ala made, made, uh, uh, like he, he made the proof against His creation so complete. There's no civilization of people you're going to say that are more... Literally ignorant, jahili, then the people, literally their entire civilization is called jahiliya. Bearing infant daughters alive, blood feuds between relatives that never end, that make the Hatfields and McCoys look like, you know, uh, look like Care Bears. Uh, this, is, this is a reality. If through this knowledge those people can become straight, then everybody else in this world 
Everybody else in this world has no excuse in front of the Lord. The institution of Matun is what? It's the way that they transmitted, they transmitted this knowledge, which is so much if you try to just spoon feed it from A to, a to Z, like as like, like, you know, like as, uh, um, you know, individual points of information, you're not going to be able to do so. And these, in, these institutions, the institution of these Mutun is centuries old. It's centuries old. The same Mutun people were memorizing, uh, uh, you know, a thousand years ago, some of them are the same ones people are memorizing nowadays. People say, oh no, uh, we don't need the thousand year old. We need something new. We need something modern. Look, certain realities are realities. They're truths. If something is a piece of truth, if it was, if it was discovered yesterday or it was known for a thousand years, does that change anything about it? No, this is the baggage of modernism uh, that, that we have, which is that we somehow assume newer things are better. Nuclear, nuclear weapons is newer. Is that better? Someone's like, yeah, you can kill a lot of people with it, whereas swords is so hard to kill people with. Yeah, if you're into killing, nuclear weapons are amazing. For the rest of us, it's a complete tragedy. It's a catastrophe. We should make dua against the people who've made these things. Allah Ta'ala curse them and anyone who touches them, anybody who, who, who propagates this knowledge, Allah Ta'ala curse them, strike them dead where they are. They should walk out of their houses if, you know, and get hit by lightning. Why? Because these are the, these are the fools, they're going to mess it up for all of us. They're gonna, everything is going to be destroyed one day because of people like this. So the idea is what? We think sometimes newer is better. Why? Because that's what we're trained to think. You know, we're, not, we're not trained to think. Somebody else spoon fed us this nonsense. If something, you know, what is, what is common sense? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. What is common sense? If something was true yesterday, it's true today, it will be true tomorrow as well. There are certain universal truths. That's the whole idea of wahi. Wahi is not even from this world. Revelation is not from this world. Revelation wasn't that Allah Ta'ala taught the Prophet ﷺ how to make a Boeing 747 and now we need to have a Boeing 787. If that's what it was, then we need something newer. That's not what it is at all. The Mutun are institutions, they've worked, they're tried and tested, they worked for centuries. They didn't stop anybody from getting on an airplane. They didn't stop anyone from using a microwave or an automobile. They didn't stop anyone from using any uh, te technological advancements when it comes to material things. The idea of knowledge is what? Knowledge is not just material things. Otherwise, the point of knowledge would have been to get a job. That's not why we're here. This is not, this is not paid for like by a job fair or by your high school, middle school guidance counselor. This is not, there's no uncle who's going to be giving a bayan in this, in this majlis. The focus of which is what? You getting a job. You'll get a job anyway. We, the uncles who are giving these bayans, are doing what? So that your dunya and your akhirah can be better. So that the world can be a better place. So Allah Ta'ala can put a light in your heart and life in your heart that will make you happy whether or not you have money. Make you happy in this world, make you happy in the hereafter. So these mutun are an institution. Every one of them, from the Aqidah Tahawiyah, from the Baykuniyah, from these like simple books that we mentioned, Rulidah, all the way to the hyper-advanced books. There's entire cultures that have developed around these, around these books. Why? Because they are a, a really like compact and hyper-efficient way of transmitting not just information, but what has to come with that information as well. Because we have this idea in our deen that what? If you don't make a practice on the knowledge you have, this is a bad thing. If you don't do, uh, you know, if you don't have, seek the knowledge with sincerity and you don't dispense the knowledge and you don't act on the knowledge with sincerity, this is a bad thing. This thing will come back against you, will bite you uh, on the day of judgment. Like a snake, it'll turn around and, and it'll hit you. You'll, you'll think, I did this for my benefit. This is actually harming me. The institution of the mutun is what? The institution of the mutun comes even with, with the spiritual part of everything. How many a book, Mulana, you read? And the Musannif inside the text of the book makes dua for the ones who study it and the ones who teach it until the Day of Judgment. Some of these people, you cannot believe what type of people these were that wrote these books. You cannot believe what type of people these were that wrote these books. If you read their books, you get their dua as well. It's not just information. There's like the spirit, this anwar that come with these things. People read the books and then they see those uh, people who wrote those books in their dreams, in their, in their, you know, they make amal by their knowledge, by, by, by day and by night they keep their suhbah. There's some secret inside of them. Nothing survives without, without having some sort of uh, uh, power to last. The top 10 uh, hit music 
mashallah, music people listen to nowadays itself is like a proof. It's itself a commentary of why music is haram. But <laughs> some of the, the top 10 list, millions of dollars in production, right? This is a completely like desolate production, what we're doing right now. We're using the masjid's, uh, uh, masjid's podium, okay? We're in a church right now. There's actually like stone engraved like a, a verse from Isaiah outside. Allah Ta'ala brought these people and for some reason made them like build this building in the direction of the Qibla. Otherwise, if we could have made the, the Sultan Ahmed Masjid, if we could have made like a Maghribi Masjid with the green tiles and if we could have made something like that, we would have done it. But we can't. We're completely... The people amongst us who think are rich, they themselves are broke. They're like, the, they're broke. So, oh, someone is a doctor. There's billionaires out there. Someone makes like $150,000 a year. I'm supposed to be impressed by that? The only ones more broke than them is us who are actually putting the program, you know, who are delivering it and, and, and the ones who are the volunteers outside and the books that are being printed and things like that. This is completely all being done on a, on a what? On a shoestring budget. It's completely being done on a shoestring budget. I promise you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. All of those hyper broke ulama who wrote these books and the ones who taught them through the centuries, they will do through their absolute lack of money and absolute lack of means. Their, their hits will still be on the chart when people forget about uh, record labels and nobody, you know, Snoop Dogg, what is this like a dog? Like, I don't get it. Snoopy, what, what is it? Nobody will even remember the names of those people anymore. The entire civilization that built those people, people will forget their names. Only some professor in a university who's like a mutakhassis, like a specialist in a certain branch of history or a certain period of history will remember who, what their names are. But these mutun will still be around. Why? Because it's the entire package. You get the information transmitted. You get the understanding transmitted. The, the granular, granular details are transmitted. The bigger picture is transmitted. So people benefit from it. The spirituality is transmitted. This is a, 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 a small, I want to take like a two minute uh, uh, break inside of my talk from this topic to mention something. One of our, I, the, I say he's the sheikh of our mashayikh, even though I took dars from him and I met him. And by Allah's fadl, I took his du'as, which is more a statement about uh, his generosity and the karm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than anything about me. One of my asatis I just uh, 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 passed on to the rahmah of Allah ta'ala by Allah's permission. Murabit al-Hajj, Wald Fahfu, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala. He died at the age of at least 110 years old. At least 110. Nobody knows because they didn't, you know, there's, in the Badia, there's no like tasjil, there's no like register to record when people are born. People like that, when they pass away, the entire world finds out. These mutun that we're talking about, he was a master of them. He carried them all by memory, which is the old way of, of, of learning and teaching. And even though I was there in 2003, so that's what, like 15 years old. So he was 95 at the time. At least. Still, he was teaching all the durus from memory. When I, ta when I, when I, uh, uh, one of the junior mashaykh that I, that I read from, because, you know, he was, he was very weak at that time as well. So he wasn't in a position that you're, you know, you know, if you ask too many questions, you're just going to bother him. And your quest, my questions are like so simple. They're so low level that we don't need to go to like a master of the sharia because I'm just a beginner. Uh, uh, I'm just a beginner as a, as a student of knowledge, if I can even say that about myself now. Uh, so when we would go to the other teachers, they would say things to us, you know, like one of the teachers said, you know, Hamza, you don't read enough, you need to read more books. I go, what are you talking about? What am I doing here? I just, I, 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 I like completely like moved to like weird places in the world and I'm reading, with, I'm literally like reading darsh with you. He goes, no, you have to read other books as well. I go, what do you mean? He goes, don't you read? Uh, I go, I go, what? He says, he says, read, read like, read, read the, the Lisan al-Arab. I said, what is that? What do you mean, read the Lisan al-Arab? Lisan al-Arab is a classical uh, dictionary of the Arabic language, lexicon. And uh, it's interesting, the Arabic dictionary itself is interesting for those not familiar with it, that the Arabic dictionary is, English dictionary is like, this is what this word means. And I'm like, what, is Webb's Noah Webster a Nebi or something? He's telling me what it means. Why should I believe him, you know? So the Lisan al-Arab is what? It will tell you what the word means and it will give you Dalila as well. From the Kitab and Sunnah 
And then in case someone's like, well, maybe, maybe, you know, the Muslims are just making it up because non-Muslims use the dictionary as well. It will give Dalil from the poetry of the pre, uh, pre-Islamic uh, uh, Arab poets. And their language is a very refined, archaic form. It's something that m- most people will not understand nowadays without a deep amount of study. Um, and so he says, he says yeah, re- literally, what does he tell? So the Islam Arab is like a 26, 27 volume dictionary. He's like, read the dictionary. When's the last time any of you cracked the dictionary open? You're like, why would I read the dictionary? If I need to know a word, I'll just open it up and re- you know, look that word up. This is, this is the what? This is completely like one of, this, we've now hit a gold mine of like what the point of this talk is. As an aside, lest a person think that this is completely irrelevant to what, what we're talking about, who was one of the first flag bearers of Islam in this, in this, uh, in this land in this century? Malcolm X. is a Haji Saab, mashallah. Shaheed, fi sabilillah. What was one of the, one of the things he used to do in, in prison? He used to read the dictionary. The dictionary that he had to read was the English dictionary, which is, uh, you know, as far as dictionaries are concerned, uh, a type of poverty. But he still did it. And that's how he, he, he what? He, had, he get, got a command over the language, a mastery over the language, so that when someone is speaking to him, no one can pull one over on, on him. And when he's speaking to another person, right, the, 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 the words are like a vehicle and, and the uh, content is like the passenger, that every passenger gets to where it needs to go. And his speech had effect on people. So, that's something people like watch like Malcolm X or they read the, the Allah Ta'ala Yarhamuhu. Uh, Allah Ta'ala Yataqabbal Minhu Shahadatahu. That people watch the movie or they read the book and they think this is something, this is something what, like, unique, right? Let me tell you something. Allah Ta'ala prepared him as an ambassador of, 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 of what? Of the civilization. The ambassador isn't the president. The ambassador isn't part of the government. He's just someone who communicates what the will of, 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 of the people in power in that state are. So I, my teacher said, why don't you read the Lisan al-Arab? I said, you, you, what, you're going to make mutala? You're going to read the, read the dictionary, right? English, by the way, only has like a dictionary maybe 300, 350 years ago. It's the first dictionary is published. Arabic, Arabic is the first language that has a dictionary. The whole like, science of Arabic lexicography actually starts with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhu. Right? The, literally, the Sahaba invented dictionaries. That's what I just said, in case you didn't understand. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, amongst uh, like, other like, 100,000 amazing things they did, they also invented dictionaries. So Sheikh says to me, you should read that, you should make mutala, you should read, you know, from the beginning to the end, uh, uh, the, you know, books like the dictionary. Uh, and I said, really, people do that? He said, Murabit not only, uh, not only uh, read it, he, he thought this is a useful book, so he memorized it. I challenge you to walk like half a mile just carrying the, the, the Lisan al-Arab without dropping one of its volumes. Right? This is what, this is what, this is not like, it's not like he read the autobiography of Malcolm X, rahimahullah ta'ala. You know, you understand what I'm saying? This is, this is khalafan an salaf, generations of people that this is the level of intensity of their love of knowledge and the level of intensity of what they carried around with them inside of their hearts. And then the people who respond to them are like, <laughs> you know, LOL, I disagree. So what, what is it? What is the vein we've struck? People are really excited about people are really excited about computers and the internet. Why? Because you can look for what you want right away. I myself, what is it? I mean, we read all of these books. I didn't memorize my books. Allah forgive me. You know, I, that's why. That's why I say I have I, I have uh, haya in front of Allah Taala to even say that I'm a student of knowledge. Because once Yom Al Qiyamah, we see the actual students of knowledge. There are people who literally died while they were studying. They memorized every book that they read. Nobody ever asked them to give bayan. Nobody ever uh, fed them dinner and gave them halwa, mulana sab. Nobody ever uh, put their name on a poster. Some of them died while they were studying. Some of them lived their entire life. And they didn't receive any dunya for what they, you know, for what they uh, did for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. 
And they died in obscurity for a very good reason, which is what? There are so many other people who did it even better than them. Nobody even came and asked them. Imagine what type of civilization that is. If your weakest man is, 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 is a student of knowledge that, that has, like, memorizes books and things like that, but there are so, there's so many people that are more than that. This is your weakest man. What do they do? What does the, what do, you know, the colonizer, because everyone wants to return everything to politics. Okay, let's be political, because we're in a materialistic age anyway. Everyone obsesses about government and power and money anyway, right? If your weakest man is like a student of knowledge who's so sincere and, and he will spend his life struggling, and he'll, even though he knows it's an uphill battle, he'll never make it. Are you going to bribe that person? Is that person going to spy for you? Is that person going to sell, everybody, sell other people out? Is that person going to be a mole? Is that person going to be a snitch? Is that, what is that person? How are they going to, are they going to steal from you? Are they going to, you know, are they going to take uh, Ill, Ill advantage of your family members? What are they going to do to you? There's a time that that's how it used to be, actually. There are still places that that's still how it is. In fact, many Muslim nations, this is one of the reasons why they, they, they're failed states. They don't even have functional governments and still life goes on because in general, the khair is more than the shar. But the idea is what? The idea is that, that, that technology that allows you to like look something up, right? So we didn't memorize the point. I, swayed, you know, I strayed a little bit from what I was trying to say. But we didn't, I didn't, I don't shouldn't say we, I didn't memorize. There's very few things that I memorized from my from my books, I barely, you know, I barely uh, should be allowed to even lead the prayer because even the Quran I haven't memorized like I should have. Uh, I haven't memorized the whole thing. The few ajzad that I memorized, I haven't memorized that like I should have. But the idea is this is, you know, I like, I, I like it. Maktaba Shamila and things like that. You can like look up literally the text of what you remember having read some, somewhere in the past and you can, bam, get that text right, right then and there. That's a benefit. Nobody is going to deny it. But what happens nowadays? Person X gets into a, a tiff on Twitter with person Y. I think this thing should be haram. I think this thing should be permissible. What do they do? They start looking up, you know, they start looking up what are the books uh, of this science? What is the chapter of this science? You know, someone even learned a little bit of Arabic. So they don't need to look for translations. But what will they do? They'll blast off, fire away at each other. Uh, proofs for why they're right and the other person is wrong. What is it? It's a completely like a targeted, a targeted acquisition of knowledge. It's a targeted acquisition of not knowledge, of information. Knowledge is a part of information. Information is a part of knowledge. Information isn't all of knowledge. So what happens is that that information is out of context. Like I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, there was a, 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 a forum of students of knowledge. And one student of knowledge was saying that the... And you can look up, you know, I'm not telling you position on the issue. It's just an example, right? The Nisf Sha'ban, right? That it's, a sun, or that it's recommended to fast on the 15th of Sha'ban. And so someone says, yes, this is something that comes from our Aslaf, from our forefathers. And the other, ones, and the other one says, no, no, Malik, Malik considered it a bid'ah. I go, well, the Maliki scholars in their books, they write that it's, it's, uh, it's recommended to fast on that day, even if Malik didn't. And so he says, well, the Maliki scholars only said that because what? Because the, the bright days, right? The, the 14th, 15th, the 15th, 16th, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the 13th, 14th, and 15th are a sunnah to fast every day anyway, right? That sounds like a, a, pretty, like a pretty solid checkmate, right? Why? Because you look up certain things and you don't understand the context. If that person actually read... Uh, uh, like the, the, the long works on Maliki fiqh, they would have known that Maliki, his opinion was that the bright days are the 1st, the 10th, and the 20th. In this, in this chain of narration is so-and-so narrator, and he's weak. Right? And Abdullah, Mufti Abdullah actually shut down somebody on this, on this issue. There, I forget what the masala was, but the, one of the dalils, the hadith, he says, this, this narrator is in the chain of narration, he's weak. And so Mufti Abdullah, because he, he's read so many tabaqat of all of, the, all of the narrators, what did he say? He said that this person who you quoted is the grandfather. The grandson has the same name. This happens so much in our, in our tradition. The father, son, father, son. It will be like Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Muhammad. See, you, you're quoting the grandfather as a fasiq. The narrator here is the grandson. If you knew, if you knew about, what, you know, if you had read in complete you know what you're talking about? You would know that. That there's a, a grandfather with the same name and there's a grandson with the same name. 
there are like 12 different narrators with the name Muhammad bin Sinan. There's like, there, there, there are so many, like, there's so many things until you read, like, so you have these like huge biographical dictionaries of narrators, right? Uh, uh, multiple volumes. And again, the Mashaykh used to make mutala'a and the Mashaykh used to memorize these books, right? The difference again between what? Between the, 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 the Google and the, 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 the person who actually studied, went through the system of mutun, is that even if that person doesn't have all the granular information, that person has common sense, they're oriented with the map of what that knowledge is. Because everything has a context, everything has, a, there's a, a type of like a, a big picture that they're getting because they learn the knowledge in order. The person who's just like looking stuff up one after the other, they see like little granular uh, detailed points of information, but because there's no context around it, oftentimes this can lead to, uh, like it can lead to like really problematic outcomes. It can lead to marriages breaking. It can lead to people leaving the deen. It can lead to uh, misguidance. It can be lead to people like picking up a gun and shooting at other people thinking that this is the hukum of Allah and his Rasul sallallahu when it's not. It can lead to all sorts of problems. <coughs> Further than that, and 4.15, right? I have till 4.15, right? right? So the, the, I, and I wanted to spend most of the time talking about what? What the knowledge is because I think it's more important for us to know about what our tradition is. Rather than refuting falsehood, the people of falsehood, they circularly, circularly refute one another, right? There's like 12 people, all of them are crazy in their own way, and they'll all talk garbage about each other. You don't need to talk to an alim about that, even though the ulama know better about how crazy all of them are. But a little bit about what? A little bit about the Facebook posts that you're reading. A little bit about the Twitter uh, uh, posts that you're reading, Okay. All of the knowledge that you get from these social media platforms is curated. What does that mean? It's not that you're getting the posts as they come. There's an algorithm that will show you certain things and prioritize certain things to you. Uh, 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 when, you're, when you're reading it, thank you so much. They'll prioritize certain things to you when you're reading it. Again, you don't need to have somebody, you know, like maybe Murabit wouldn't have been able to explain to you about like how curated content comes on Facebook and Google and things like that. You don't need to because if you have the solution, why spend your whole lifetime reading about the poisons when you have the cure right there? Those are happy people. Those are people of Sa'ada. Those are happy people. Every one of us should make dua that Allah Ta'ala give us this shifa inside of our hearts. Don't be so, don't be so like attracted to, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, don't be so attracted to people who refute falsehood and so uh, uh, amazingly like uh, uh, excited about it that it makes you lose your wudu. It's a necessity. Refutation of falsehood is a necessity. But once it's done, the actual benefit is in what? In knowing what is right. So at any rate, this is all, it's all curated, it's all curated uh, uh, content. How is that content curated? Right? If, you go to a, if you go to a museum, there's a curated collection. The idea is maybe some academic will tell you what's most important, right? Unfortunately, the content in, uh, in all of these social media platforms and Google, etc., etc., What's the number one way of, of getting, getting the curated content on the list? You just pay money. You pay money, your Facebook post will go wherever you want it to go. You pay money, your Twitter post will be, your tweet will be promoted. You pay money, your Google, uh, uh, Google result will come to the top. There are other ways of having it curated as well. There are like little tricks and games that like social media uh, people do. They usually like corporations hire social media people in order to run those things. Um, you know, election campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. I think if you, nowadays, if you Google idiot, go ahead, you have your phones, inshallah. I know you've been itching to watch, look at, go ahead, Google idiot on your phone. See what happens. That wasn't an accident, by the way. Go ahead, no, no, take it out. Take out your phone, inshallah. The ulama will uh, curse you and, and make dua against you if you look at your phone during their talks. Uh, all other times. So this is time. Go ahead, indulge yourself. Go ahead, Google idiot. What happened? See, see what, what the first results are. Right? That wasn't an accident. That wasn't random. That wasn't because this is the definition in the dictionary or in any, by other, any other objective metric of what an idiot is. This was a group of people made a concerted effort by which they influenced that, that, that medium and that curated content comes to you because of that. You may agree with it in this specific instance, <laughs> but that's not the point. The haq is not what you want to be true, it is what is true. And this is another problem, this is another problem uh, with, regards to, with regards to what you read on 
Facebook and, and Twitter and Google and things like that as well is that you become an echo chamber because it analyzes every, every time you, every time you, um, you know, like something or dismiss something or friend someone or delete their friend request or do this or do that or stuff for Allah to protect us, you know, swipe left and swipe right and God knows what other people are doing, things other people are doing nowadays. This analytics goes to somewhere and there are like algorithms that, okay, say okay, this person is kind of like this and it will know things about yourself that you may not consciously know about yourself. Right. So every time, you know, uh, every time elephants are mentioned, you always like whatever uh, you never like it. And you always like this and that. So maybe, you know, like that thing will figure out that like when you were a kid, you had a like, a, you know, you were scared of elephants at the zoo or whatever random thing. You may not even remember that about yourself, but it will figure it out. It will figure out there's some this person has some issue with elephants because all the posts of whatever random thing it is. Right. It figures out all of those things. Now, it's problematic to let somebody into your most intimate thoughts in the first place. That's not, that's not what we're talking about right now. What are we talking about? If you're going to learn from these platforms, right? Mutala'a. Right? Mutala'a is what? To read things and to learn you know, new things that you didn't learn from before. If you're going to use these platforms to learn something, the whole, uh, all these platforms are all echo chambers. It knows what you want from the first place and it just feeds it more and more. So the person who thinks that, uh, you know, that we should save the whales will get all the stuff about whales. The person who thinks that climate change is a, 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 a conspiracy by, uh, you know, liberal elite Jews, uh, homosexual liberal elite Jews that live in a certain block of Manhattan. There's at least, a, you know, 10,000 other people who believe the same thing. And you're all going to be, uh, you know, pinging each other. You go, look, 10,000 people agree with me. Yeah, it's like a fraction of a percent that share the same, like, mental illness that you have. But you will what? All it does is it actually increases the power of your nafs. It gives your nafs like more and more reinforcement. Our entire tradition is what? That a person should remove the nafs from it, the decision-making process. The nafs should only come in play when you're eating food and when you're, you know, when you have relations with your, with your spouse and those types of things. The nafs is that, that same thing that like lets you do those things. It shouldn't be making you decide which school your kids go to or what you understand what i'm saying like what is good economic policy for a certain area or you know what i think about racism or what you know these types of things it shouldn't decide it shouldn't you know be involved in that decision making but what is it this is a very technologically sophisticated way into into what into making you an animal again and there are someone was like, well, Sheikh, why would someone do that? Because there are a lot of people who make money. It's easier to make money off of somebody when you make them behave like an animal. Why? What's the proof of that? How, many, how much did you guys pay to come to this uh, majlis? Still, still very few people come. I promise you if somehow I could satiate a person's stomach or their other uh, carnal appetites, the masjid will be packed. The masjid will be packed. And people will pay money and they'll fight with each other. They'll, curse each, they'll cuss each other out on the street corner when it's full and there's no spaces left in order to get inside. If there's money to be made from it, you know, people will do it. And that's the issue. So, well, it's not like this is completely altruistic, this medicine that we're having, which is what? There are people, you, the guys with the funny hats outside and Moana Tamim and all these people who helped put up this thing and promoted this thing. Um, they also have a need, right? Their need is what? Allah Ta'ala forgive them on the day of judgment. We also have a need that what? We don't want our kids to grow up in uh, a, a society of complete yahoos where, uh, you know, it's like the Prophet ﷺ mentioned about the day of judgment, that the day of judgment right before the end, people will be indulging their carnal appetites on the street corners. And the best of people are going to be who? The ones who are like, can't you just go inside? Can't you just get a room? Who knows? Maybe those people themselves are like, Mubtala and all sorts of haram. But they at least have enough decency to be like, can't you just get a room? Let's still pretend to be human beings. Like, let's not be complete animals. Right? So the idea is what? Is that you're, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're in an echo chamber. Your nafs is your own greatest enemy. And all this information is knowledge and ilm. It's masquerading as knowledge and as ilm. And as haq. But all it is is just what? It's pumping your nafs up. 
but you think it's information and so it emboldens you to do things that you otherwise wouldn't do because you will believe and hold those convictions as if they're God-given, but all it is is just somebody curating stuff that pumps your nuffs up so someone else will make money from it. And then people use these things to, do, to actually affect outcomes in, in real life. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, he communicated the deen from Allah ta'ala also to outcome, affect outcomes in real life. People fast in the month of Ramadan. It protects you from the animality of what people, what, you know, these people who are trying to make money off of us and, you know, what they're pulling us toward. It's like a shield. It's so jinnah. It's actually a hadith of the Prophet It's a shield against all of that. Right? The Prophet is trying to affect outcomes. Go to hajj. What's the best hajj? The one, the person who brings the money to give the most salaqah. He wants to affect outcomes. He knows that there are people who are starving to death and there are people who have too much money. Go, spend all your money in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need less hungry people and less people who have too much money. Right? Rasulullah wanted to affect outcomes. The, the person of knowledge, he extolled their virtues so much that he wanted the people to be attracted to those people. Those are the ones that they should, they should be given prominence in society. They should make decisions on behalf of society for the benefit of all of society rather than the people who are best and most adept at lying, cheating, and, and, and smooth-talking uh, other people and then ingratiating themselves and then turning the Muslim world into what the Muslim world has turned into by and large. This is also an agenda. The issue is this, is that with all the analytics and everything that you get from your learning, quote-unquote, from these platforms... What ends up happening? Cambridge Analytica will package the data and sell it to someone from Russia or from China. And like, you know, who would ever, who would ever influence the, an election in another country? We as Americans never would. Surprise, other people are doing it to us now and we're, we're all heard about it. And we should be. It's bogus. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope someone upstairs wakes up and like, you know, starts to defend our country against this nonsense. Uh, it was wrong when we did it as well, though, to whatever, all of Asia and South America and etc. But people are then using these things in order to what? To make the world in the image of what they want. Rasulullah wanted to make the world a better place. These people want to make the world into a place that makes money for them. And if it burns and dies of death and disease afterward, they don't care. It's not their, they think it's not their problem. And this is something very important. People are like, you know, people say this, you know, people are naive. Al-Mu'minu The believer is naive and, uh, uh, and, and generous. The believer, if you ask him, you know, like, you know, my feet hurt. I don't have any shoes. Can I have your shoes? The idiot, he'll give, take his shoes off and give it to you. Even if you're hustling him and you're, you actually run a shoe store. He'll believe you when you say it. Why? The one who's not himself a liar, it's hard for him to relate to a liar. The one who's not a cheater, it's hard for him to relate to a cheater. This doesn't mean that once you know that these people are liars and cheaters that you should still work with them. Husnadhan, having a good opinion of others, doesn't mean checking your brain in at the locker and then going for a ride with every idiot who offers you a ride. It means what? If you have no reason to think a specific person is lying to you, then you, then you might not have the fault, default assumption that everyone's lying. This is why academia is all very... Uh, jaded academics are all very pessimistic people and they're all very uh, I forget what's the word I'm looking for right now someone help me right they're, they're, they're all very skeptical about everything why because they're liars themselves they come from a civilization of liars so what are they going to assume everyone's doing this is also a type of crippling stupidity if everybody everything everyone says to you is a lie your mother from the day that you know you were born is lying to you and your father is lying to you that means there's no truth at all anyway and even if it, there was some random piece of truth floating around, how the hell are you supposed to know it's true? Right? So the issue is this, is that these people use these things in order to what? In order to uh, 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 influence, the, influence like, uh, uh, things in the world around you. And it has horrible consequences from you know, people in India sending mass WhatsApp texts, uh, falsely accusing people of sexual abuse. People die. Literally, mobs will kill people because they think this person is like, abusing children, whereas it was just somebody like, you know has, has it out for them. You know, elections are, are, are swayed. No need to talk about it. You all know, you can just watch whatever's on TV and they'll tell you about it. Elections are swayed. Products come up, come down. People's careers are made, they're, 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 they're destroyed. People's reputations are made, they're destroyed. They've gotten the entire world to think that us in this room, they're losing sleep at night because they think that we're going we're gonna to somehow harm them or kill them. How are we going to harm anybody? 
We barely can have an election amongst ourselves. <laughs> Salat al-Maghrib, I promise you, someone's going to fight about whether you're supposed to have toes on the line or heels on the line. But what is it? It's, I mean, it's not a joke. They've literally, there are people who have made plans. They have plans to destroy and decimate, have a holocaust on our community right now because of how afraid they are because of these lies. And I, for the life of me, have no idea why anybody uses any of these things for, uh, uh, for their personal matters. So, Sheikh, you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter. If it wasn't for the fact that I, I know, right? I just started using Facebook, by the way, like a month and a half ago. Okay? Twitter, I was sucked into it by somebody else. If it wasn't that I, 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 I know that if we don't have those things, nobody will even uh, listen to what we have to say then we wouldn't have done it. So it's like what? It's like, you know, imagine when guns were invented. Somebody who's like a martial arts expert, you know? He's like, I wish that it was more elegant than when we used to fight with swords, you know? It's like, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, but you have to get over it very quickly. Otherwise, there's a dude with a machine gun on the other side of the hill, and, you know, your armor is very heavy. So this is the, the, the hand we're dealt. These are the, this is the midan that, that the battle is going to be in. So we have to deal with these things. But you have to know what that, what that, uh, you know, what that uh, uh, platform is. What that plat- it's not your friend. It's not how you stay in touch with your friends. It's not going to benefit. And it sure as hell is not going to teach you anything about deen whatsoever. And the fact that randomly there is something beneficial in it, any of it is shaitan literally by design. It's there to fool you into thinking the other like 80 times that you use it in order to like look at the aura of a non-mahram woman or man or look at, you know, you use it to chit-chat about whatever new movie came out or comment about someone's uh, picture of like the dinner they ate or any number of inane and stupid like brain-numbing things that come through it. It's only to justify that you get one small piece of benefit and like 80 harmful things get through the gate because of it. That's not your, and if you do it, you do it, alhamdulillah. But just know it's not a, a, a replacement for, for uh, sitting in these majalis, for reading these books from the people who know them. This institution that our forefathers built, it's still there. You can still benefit from it. Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. I'd like to give a shout out to everybody who's listening to this on SoundCloud or live stream. Okay? Unless you have an excuse like I'm a single mother who converted to Islam last week in Kansas and there's no masjid within like 80 miles of my house. Uh, uh, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Get up. You know, get, our sisters, Allah Ta'ala, reward them. They have like other, you know. The rest of you, if you're, a, if you're a man, if you're in good health, then know that the Quran itself says that those people who sit behind and sit back and don't show up, those people are, those people are the munafiqeen. That's what the Quran is, describes them as. And I'm not saying, oh, you're munafiq. I'm just saying like, look, you made a mistake. In the future, get up and, and go. Don't keep, don't be married to that, that, that attribute, right? I know there are people in this majlis, New York, Florida, Dallas, uh, uh, Cleveland, right? Cincinnati, there, right? You, right, mashallah, I recognize you now, mashallah. Right, Cincinnati, there are people who are, uh, uh, who, like literally left their homes in order to come to these things. There's barakah in that. That's all part of this institution of, of how this knowledge uh, is revived. It's part of this institution of how this literacy actually gives you some sort of benefit. Because one would say that's reading this reading as, as well. Allah Ta'ala give us uh, from the benefit of, uh, of the, the sacred knowledge of our deen and from the du'as of our mashayikh and our ulama and the salihin and from the, uh, uh, the, the nubuwa of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and from the wahi that came on his noble heart from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Rabbul Izzah. Allah Ta'ala give us uh, uh, from his, uh, from his, uh, from his fadl in this age where everyone's drowning in the ocean, that it should be like a uh, like a life jacket or a, 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 a life raft uh, through which we uh, we make it through unscathed uh, to a maqam in jannah in the, in the hereafter. Wa sallallahu wa taala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.